you know, I, I think that a lot of people are gonna, a lot of people might not like um, the stance that I take, but this stance is not based on my preference. It's not based on my opinion. It's not based on, um, it's not even based on my upbringing. And on that note, you know, I wanna, I, I kinda wanna give a little bit of a background just about myself. I am a woman and I am a, a preacher. And so I, I do want to give a little bit of background because I want you to see where I'm coming from. Because when, what, one thing you have to understand, hey, Doris, good to see you. I missed you yesterday. I, I mean, I, I saw you in church, but I didn't get a chance to say hi. So I'm saying hi now. Hey, Lisa, glad you're here. Um, so I just want to give it because you need to know where I'm coming from. Because when you're studying um, the Bible in depth, um, you know, the, you bring into it. An inherent bias. Everybody has a bias. You you can say no, I'm not biased, but but there's a bias that exists in everybody, even in the people that interpret the Bible. There's a bias that exists in them, and so what you you have to be prepared to do is is be corrected if necessary. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't they don't people don't like to be corrected. I guess it's it's I don't know a human nature thing, um, but I. I came from it from a perspective of that there was a, a, some correcting that needed to be that needed to take place in my life. Um, when I was 16 years old, actually, okay, this was a little bit before. I think before I was 16, I remember. So every year, um, our, our our it's called a movement. So it's basically um, the churches um, in Canada that are under a particular uh, movement of, of churches. We would have a conference every year. And we take turns. Uh, one year would be Montreal, one year would be Toronto. I believe it's back this year, and it's in Toronto, as far as I, I know. And every year we'd, we'd go. Um, uh, Lisa, <laughs> you're too funny. Um, and so, hey, Jill, you're here. It's okay, I'm just getting started. I'm blabbing. It's, it's 10 minutes in, and I'm just babbling on. But you know how I am. Um, so I remember sitting in this conference. And so back in the day, this was our old church building on Fob Street. And the pastors would, this was way back in the day, they would typically sit on the, the platform even when, hey Nadia, good to see you, even when uh, someone else was preaching. And so they'd have like chairs uh, across the back of the platform and all the, the ministers, pastors, preachers, evangelists, whatever, they'd, they'd sit up there. And I remember I'm, I'm sitting in the crowd and all of the ministers are all, they're all men with their suits and ties. They all look super similar. And, and so I'm just there. And, and this, it, 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 I really believe it was the Lord speaking to me. And you could think I'm weird for that, but that's fine. And it, it was like, you're going to be up there one day. And I was kind of like, I am, and I had an argument in my head. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, I, I can't be up there. I'm, I'm a woman. There's no women up there. How, how, I, I don't think I could possibly be any more <laughs> stand out and stick out like a sore thumb, um, you know, being up there. But, but it was something that, that I remember distinctly and I, I wasn't able to shake it. And when I was 16, um, I remember we had an assignment to do at, at school and we had to write down our goals and we were going to write down the goals, put it in an envelope. And then in five years, so when we were 21, we would open the envelope and, and see what we said. And I remember I sat down, um, I sat down exactly the right eye. I, I, I honestly, I sincerely believe it was the Lord speaking to me in that moment. I do believe that. 
But again, you have to understand this. Where I'm coming from, there were no women up there. You know, women, women, um, you know, they played the piano. Um, they led worship. They taught Sunday school. Uh, but they certainly were not pastors. They certainly were not ministers. Um, and so I, I grew up with that belief that women were limited in what they were able to do in the church. And, and so again, so when I heard that, I was just kind of like, no, that I, I'm not going to be up there. <laughs> it was just anyways. So, so it was, a, it was a funny thing because it, it forced me to confront my understanding about this subject. Um, exactly, Jill, you nailed it. It was a man's world. And the funny thing is, if you know anything about me, I've everything that I do, <laughs> I weigh into the so-called man's world. You know, I, I, I started to play the drums and women did not do that. Um, and back in the, in that time, women didn't wear pants at church. No, no, okay. I'm not saying they didn't wear, okay. Let me rephrase that. Women wore skirts or, and dresses, um, and not pants. And I was playing the drums. I started to play and I had to play in a skirt. And if you know anything about the drums, if you've ever sat at a drum set, it is not easy to play in a skirt. And one day I'm like, enough of this. I'm wearing pants. So I, I wore pants and I kind of, I think I broke the mold a little bit and it, it's hard for, let me tell you something, it's hard for traditional churches to change stuff. And it was bad enough that this woman um, was playing the drums, this girl, cause I was, I was a, you know, a teenager, but now I'm wearing pants. <laughs> oh, the horror. <laughs> oh man. I was, see Lee, I wasn't trying, let me tell you something. I wasn't trying to be rebellious. I just. I felt that God wanted me to play the drums and clearly he did because it's been a massive blessing for my, my entire life. And just for the record, you know, when the Bible talks about men not wearing women's clothes and you know what that means? That means we do not assume the role of the opposite gender. Okay. So nothing to do with clothes because people, how did they dress in the Bible? Pants. Did, they, did anyone have pants or did they had, um, uh, I'm going to say cloaks, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. So just for the record, anyways, boy. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go way. Uh, uh, this, this is such a big subject. Anyways. Um, yeah, I know what you, I know what you mean, Lisa. And then, you know, I was a drummer and a tunic. Thank you, Jew. A tunic. They were not pants. Would you understand what I'm saying? So you do not assume the, 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 the role or the, you know, the look of another, of the opposite, I say another, the opposite gender. So that's what it meant. Um, <laughs> exactly, John. <laughs> You're right. So you have to be, anyways. Um, so I, I played drums. And then the other thing I did was I, I got into sports writing, which again, predominantly a man's world. I was a sports journalist for, for about seven years. Um, actually I was, I, 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 I was pretty, it was a pretty, uh, a successful thing for me. I got to go, I covered, you know, the world junior tournament in hockey is going on right now. I got to go and cover it as a accredited member of the press, which was a big highlight. It was very cool, but again, not very many women do that. So I was always sort of, um, yeah, breaking the mold, I suppose. 
And not, again, not because I wanted to do that. I was, remember, if you know, I've said this many times, I was so shy. I was such a shy person. To be like a, a center of attention, quote unquote, or, or to get the attention, I didn't want it because I was so shy. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, so it was certainly not on purpose. I was following, you know, where, where God was leading me. So back to being 16, I was 16, I had this paper, I got to write down my goals and I just wrote down, I want to preach the gospel and tell people about Jesus. And I was like, again with this, you know, the, you know, I can't, I, that, that's not for women to do, you know, but I wrote it down, put it in the envelope. And uh, just for the record, when I opened it at 21 years old, you know, at 21, I went to Bible school. So, so that's, that's pretty, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and between that time, that's right. I do walk to the beat of my own drum. Um, and so, you know, during those years and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, I felt, again, I felt a strong, uh, call of the Lord to go into the ministry, but it, it was a tough thing. And I remember like there were some other women that, that paved the way for me. I know some of my cousins who are older than me, uh, they went to Bible school and you know but it, it was almost like you know you're going to bible school to find a husband probably right it, you know it kind of had that sort of but I, I it was a strong a strong pull on me and i went to a youth night at hosanna church um and there was a visiting minister and he was giving some people words um and then he he called me out and he said you know <laughs> You're right, Lisa. I did find a husband, but that's not why I went. I know that they call it bridal college, right? Get it? Um, and he called me out and he said, you know, you're called into the into full-time ministry. And so I, th I said, okay, clearly I need to go to Bible school. And so I did. Um, and the Bible school that I went to, very, very favorable on women ministers. Very favorable. Um, women preached. Uh, women did a lot of things. They had women come in as guest speakers. And so I, and it was, I'll be honest with you, even, even at 21, I had to, it was, I'm not used to seeing that. There's something that I'm not used to seeing. I'm not used to seeing women uh, behind the pulpit in, in, in that, um, you know, in that context. And so you have to understand that I, I had to, 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 to decide and, and realize, am I going to go by kind of what I was sort of brought up on? in terms of, um, you know, is only men who, who do this certain thing, or am I going to take the time to understand what the word of God says? Now on this subject, there's two particular passages of scripture that deal with this and they're tough. I'm not going to lie to you guys. They are rough scriptures. They are very, um, <laughs> they, they <laughs> they're very firm. If I can put it that way. Lynn, it was Hillsong, and Hillsong was very different back then. I went in 2004, very different back then than it is now. Um, I don't recognize it now, to be honest, uh, but back then it was very different. Um, and so the, I think that that's a, a kind of a big part of the issue is the fact that the scriptures themselves, they're very strongly worded. And, and they're, they're worded in a way that you almost feel like, how could you get around that? Um, how, how can you, 
How can you how can you read these scriptures and then justify that a woman should preach in church? Okay? So let's start by reading the scriptures. So the first one is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, we'll go to verse 33. For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. As in all the congregations of the saints. So... Um, he was referring to all churches. Uh, this was something that I, um, I realized as I was studying. Um, he didn't specifically address this subject in every single letter that he wrote, but he did say in all the congregations. So I suppose they would have, they would have had to pass the word on. Although, I mean, that would have been a lot more difficult than it is now, but that's, that's important to note. As in all the congregations of the saints, women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Now, that is, it's rough. I, I understand completely understand why many Christians will take the stance that women should not under any capacity preach. Now, let me read the next one. <laughs> I wish it was just one, but there's more than one. First Timothy chapter two and verse 11. <laughs> A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. Now, exactly, John. Now, here's the thing. Wow, Auntie Jo says she remembers when women were not allowed to speak at church business meetings. He, okay, so... And, and I, I'm going to say this, I, I, um, there's a lot of the, the, the traditions that I grew up with that I don't understand where they came from. I don't know who came up with it. This one, however, I completely understand. I, I, I get it. I know, I, I, I don't blame anybody for having a, a very strong stance because these are strong scriptures. They're very, very uh, um, clear, at least in terms of how they were written. It's not, you're not like reading between the lines. Did Paul, what, what, you know, um, he, he said what he said. Paul said what he said. Now, I want to, okay, so, so where do I start? This, okay, let's start here. Um, so you have to understand what's happening now. So what's happening in the context of these churches? Um, you have people who, um, yeah, women are, are, are a lot more educated now. But you know, here's the interesting thing. Because I have heard some people say that, you know, Paul was talking about uneducated women. And, and the thing is, he, he may have been referring to some of that, but he, he wasn't. It wasn't quite in that context, which I know a lot of people maybe didn't know, but he, he was, um, 
he, <laughs> I mean, he really, um, uh, he was talking about in general. Okay. Now these, these newly converted Christians. So they were coming from a very, obviously, um, strict Jewish background. And when we read, and I want you to read a, a specific scripture in Galatians 3, Galatians 3 verse 28, because this scripture, um, let me read it, let me read it. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul, you know, that was Paul saying that as well. And so the Corinthian women in particular, you know, they, they, they looked at this and they said, okay, now we're on equal footing to men. Okay. We're, 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 you know, and, and there is no difference in terms of the benefits in Christ. Okay. There is no difference in the value of men and women, but Paul had to, to address a situation in which, um, the, the, the rules of, of, you know, God's order for headship and submission were now out of order. And I, and there's actually the, in the book I was reading, um, which probably is, is one of the best books because this, this, this guy who wrote it, he, he really, he did everything he could to be as unbiased as possible. And he was like, he did not, you could tell he was not swinging to one side or the other. He just wanted to dive as deep as possible and um you know so so there there is a viewpoint where people are like well paul you know he was he was pushing too hard on the on the you know authority thing you know we're not under the curse anymore and and all that and so there was that sense okay there was that sense but i want to read another verse from the, the passage in 1 Corinthians, and Paul says, um, verse 36, sorry, verse 37, if anybody thinks he is a prophet or spiritually gifted, let him acknowledge what I am writing to you, that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. So Paul was basically saying, when I'm talking to you about headship, authority, and submission, I am talking to you on the basis of the Lord's command. Okay. So you could, you could, there is an argument to be made, you know, and I would say that's probably more on the feminist side of things, you know, that thou, you know, we don't have to submit to our husbands, you know, we don't, you know, women are not uh, subject to men, you know, we're all equal. And the thing is, we are equal in value. Uh, we're equal in, in, as people. Uh, like I said, there's no difference between the benefits in Christ, um, you know, we're all one in Christ. We all have access to the same God. We all have access to, to, to the same salvation, right? Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so there's this question of headship and authority. So let me read some notes. And again, this is not me, um, you know, giving you my opinion. This is me reading people much smarter than me. So women were free to pray and prophesy in the church. So that was in a, in a previous scripture. They were allowed to do that. Um, it was not a reference. Now in, the, in, 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 in 1 Corinthians. It was not a reference. To preaching, teaching or other ministry gifts. If they needed to learn something. They were to ask their husbands at home. 
the Greek word, now going over to First Timothy, I'm going to be interchanging a lot because, I mean, they're both from Paul, though they're different verses. In uh, 1 Timothy 2.12 means to have power over. Women should not dictate to men, but exercise their rights to teach and preach under the authority of men. It was custom for men to speak up in the public assemblies and even interrupt the speaker when they did not understand. But this liberty was not granted to women. Okay? Now, let me keep reading. Um, women are to learn quietly. So this is, again, these are scholars who are explaining this. Women were not permitted to exercise discipline over men. Women were not to participate in the examination of prophets. Women are to learn quietly and submissively, not to teach authoritatively. The study of the context of the verses, however, set us free from the misunderstanding that women could never teach under any circumstance. What Paul disallowed was the exercise of authority over men, which was incompatible with submission. The headship of men in the home and in the church does not rob women of their purpose in life. They share in the ruling of God's creation and the publication of the gospel. We also understand that teaching and ministering were not reserved to the office of elder, which would be the one role that women were not permitted to have. Now, and it's, so here's the thing with the, with the whole issue of elder. It's, it's not quite the same. I'll, I'll tell you biblically, biblically speaking, what would an elder be? So an elder, the function of an elder, appointing of the roles of the church, taking care of the church, correcting people who weren't following approved doctrine, uh, they taught and preached, which wasn't exclusive to elders, and they prayed for people, which wasn't exclusive to elders. So this is where it can kind of get confusing, I suppose, uh, because, you know, what, what would be considered an elder now? And that, that can kind of be up for debate. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not going to, I'll just leave that there. So we cannot restrict biblical teaching to the right to command or to be at the top of the chain of command. Authority can be delegated without challenge to headship. This is extremely important. Listen to this. I'm going to read this again. Authority can be delegated without challenge to headship. For example, if a man is in charge of the church and he delegates to a woman, I want you to preach, I want you to do this. He has delegated that authority to her. She is not overstepping, uh, um, you know, overstepping what he says. Uh, she's not um, out of bounds in terms of her role. So in other words, if you have a church um, that needs a pastor and the board, the elders, whatever, they, they get together and they say, um, we, this woman can do it then that's a delegation of authority that does not challenge the headship. Okay? Exactly, Lisa, because she's still technically under his authority, right? Because what, what ends up happening, yeah, that's a good example, uh, um, Rosalie, actually. A king would leave his queen in charge when he was uh, off to fight a war. So she still had a very important role, um, but it was given to her, right? You understand this? 
because God gave authority to, you know, the authority was given to Christ. Christ then gave that authority to the church. Okay. So there's, there's delegation. Does that mean, and let me ask you this, does that mean that a pastor is higher than Christ? No. Does that mean that a pastor is higher than God? No. But there is delegated authority that does not challenge headship or submission. Unfortunately, however, uh, exactly. You, yeah, you guys, you, you, you understand exactly what I'm saying, which I'm glad. Um, it was not done out of order. That was the problem. The women, and I'm talking, now let's talk specifically about the Corinthian women. They basically were like, hey, we don't have to submit. And, and you have to also realize this. Women were, were under a very heavy-handed rule. that they, they, they didn't have rights. They couldn't do anything. And so I don't, I mean, again, it's hard to put, you have to basically put yourself in their shoes, which is not easy to do. Um, and they find out, hey, we're one now, we're one in Christ. Um, so I, I suppose I could see why perhaps they were exercising this newfound uh, um, equality in a sense. And it ended up being out of order because there's still an order to the church. You know, when you, uh, I remember uh, there was a time, it was probably like my early 20s to mid 20s. And churches had this weird, like this, this, um, it is different times. And again, that's why you have to, you have to put yourself, you're not, you, you cannot read the Bible as a Canadian. Because the Bible was not written by Canadians or to Canadians. Now, there are timeless truths and universal truths that, you know, are unchanged. But if you don't understand what was happening in the day, who the author was, what his audience was, what the situation of the audience was, you're not going to fully grasp. Okay. So there was this, this weird movement in which, you know, the, we started the churches had to challenge the order of service. Uh, you know, who said to do it that way? You know, let's have the preaching first and then the singing later. Or let's start with a slow song. Or, and, and, and they don't realize that biblically speaking, there was an order to the church service. It's not made up. Um, you know, it's, it's not made up uh, uh, that we just felt like doing, you know, starting with music and then having preaching and then having ministry time. You know, people, listen, if you don't know the word and understand the word, you're going to fall in that trap and think, oh, it was just man-made. Read the scripture. Paul, Paul gives very clear instructions of how to conduct a worship service. Very clear. Yeah, we're, yeah and, that, and that's the thing. The women, the women felt that now, Jew, you brought up a good point, that because they were no longer under the curse of the law, that now it, the, the, the roles changed. But what Paul was hammering home is that the roles did not change. Wives are still to be submitted to their husbands. Uh, there is still a, 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 an authority structure where it goes God, man, woman, and then animals and, and the earth, okay? It still goes in that order. And that's why, you know, Paul goes on to, to, to talk about um, Adam and Eve and, 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 and the deception and everything like that. Um, and there's a reason why he did that. And again, there, there are, uh, um, arguments who say, well, you know, Paul, um, 
you know, that that's not, you know, it's not the same anymore. But listen, I'm going to go with what the word says. If the word says, and I'm going to go with it because Paul says, this is take this as the Lord's command. So God, God did not change the, the, the hierarchy, the structure of, of the family in terms of, um, in terms of, 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 of headship and authority. He didn't change that. So you need to understand this. Um, and the Corinthian women, on the other hand, were like, Hey, I'm going to do, <laughs> we're in charge now. And you women, if you're, if you're, th there's a lot of women on here and you know that as women, we can often sometimes want to take charge a little bit. Um, and that's just kind of how we are, but there's still an order to worship. Um, and I'm sure Rick, that your church was blessed because women are gifted. Um, I want to read an excerpt from um from tl osborne's book and tl osborne wrote my favorite book healing the sick but he also wrote one of my other favorite books called if i were a woman and this is what he says any redeemed woman has christ's authority to be his witness co-worker and messenger any woman who becomes a new creature in christ can become his co-worker and representative on any level of public or private ministry to which she feels called. Um, so I, I mean, that, it's a great book. I could go on and on with that book. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mary Ellen, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I agree, uh, Rosalie. Exactly. They could be, women could be extremely successful, uh, prosperous, um, educated, intelligent, but they understand the, the submission. Um, and submission is something, boy, I could teach, <laughs> I guess perhaps that'll be another time. I could teach a whole uh, a message about understanding submission. And, you know, you look at somebody like me and you might think that, that I don't love submission. I actually do because I understand, um, I understand the value of it. John, there was a lot of bad influence. And in fact, um, that's something that, you know, when you're reading the context of all this, you're understanding that there was, um, there was some influence, you know, there, there were women who were, um, they, they were, they were prophets, but the wrong kind of prophets. They prophesied with their head uncovered, which that's another, I mean, I, I actually have notes about that, but what time is it? 638. Um, because the veil, the veil was basically seen as a sign of submission. Um, you know, temple prostitutes did not wear a veil. So in other words, if, if, you were, if you were a Christian woman and you didn't wear a veil, you, you know, anyways, it's a, it's a, uh, that's, that's a, that's a big, there's another big subject. I will say this though, um, when, when Paul speaks about decency and modesty, that is not culturally bound. But the specific examples, however, our, they are, sorry, our, they are culturally relative. You understand? So we're talking about braids and gold and all that kind of thing. So what Paul, what, what Paul is saying is a woman being decent and modest and godly and humble, that's a universal command. But in terms of how you go about it, it was culturally specific. So he gave culturally specific examples for a universally uh, um, understood command. So I suppose 
Oh boy, this is gonna... <laughs> this might ruffle some feathers, but if you show up to church or anywhere really with a with a, 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 a your your with a half shirt and your belly hanging out and your 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 belly button ring showing no good decency and modesty if you have your <laughs> if you're wearing, wearing a low cut shirt and your everything is showing i tend to not have that problem but some women do um you got so again what's culturally specific i don't want to like you're right lisa nobody needs to see anyone's belly you know it kind of goes this and it goes the same for men by the way men think that they're exempt from this stuff they're not because uh there's a lot of verses about men not cutting their hair and all that kind of thing so that specifically was cultural was, was specific to the culture but the the whole idea of it is is universal now okay because that's this is <laughs> you could really go there's a lot to talk about on that subject but i'm going to kind of stick to what i'm talking about so you now have to agree lisa men pull your pants up for goodness sakes uh, uh we don't want to see the moon you know what i'm saying <laughs> um so you have to ask some questions because like i said remember how what i said before that authority can be delegated without challenge to the headship. So when Pastor Steve says that I can preach, says that Pastor Jess can preach, he, he is deciding that. I am not, I am, because you know what would be a problem if I stood up on a Sunday and said, I'm preaching today. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Pastor Steve, he is the pastor. He is the authority. He decides. And like I said, um, if a church, the elder, the board decides that a woman is going to be the pastor, that is a delegated authority. It's not that the woman stood up and said, I'm, I'm, I should be the pastor. I'm the best candidate. No, that's not how it works. And a lot of women, listen, you're not going to like that. But I, I'm just, I'm telling you what the scripture says and understanding the context of it. I know, I know you might not like that. But what can I say? I'm not, I cannot go outside of the word of God. So let's ask two questions. So was, is scripture prohibiting women from teaching or preaching in the church? Um, Rosalie, are you asking about women ministers who don't have husbands? Um, I think that's what you're asking. Let me know if that's what you're asking. So does scripture prohibit, um, the activity okay so if so in other words the scripture prohibit women from having um oh their husbands are not ministers yeah i'm, I'm actually gonna get to an example about that um yeah joyce meyer joyce meyer i love joyce meyer she's awesome she actually i just saw a clip of her and she nailed it man she was like she was going hard after people who are trying to say that, that, you know, sin doesn't matter and stuff. And she was just, man, she is still going strong. I don't know how old she is and she's getting more, her doctrine's getting better as she gets older. How, how she's gotta be like 70 something, right? I, I am going to be preaching till I, I literally can't speak anymore like her. Um, so let me, let me read, cause I'm going to address that. Let's go to Judges chapter four and verse four. 
Deborah. <laughs> I don't think she's a thousand. She's got to be in her seventies, right? Late, late seventies. Oh, um, and I don't want to like be mean or anything, but she might have. Um. Anyways, I'm not gonna get into that. She looks good. She looks good for <laughs> for late seventies. Um. <laughs> Judges four verse four. Deborah, a prophetess. So here we have a female prophet, the wife of Lapidoth. So she had a husband was leading Israel at that time. So now you're going to ask yourself the question. Okay. If women aren't allowed to lead, how do you explain Deborah? Well, God, not only would God have condemned Deborah, um, but he never would have appointed her as a judge. So she had a husband. She's 79. Wow. And I'm telling you, man, like she doesn't move as fast as she used to move, but she, she preaches, man. Um, she preaches. It's amazing. Um, okay. So Deborah, Deborah was a judge and she was married. Her husband was not a judge. And so I, I tend Deborah, thank God for Deborah. Deborah helps us in so many aspects. Um, in so many aspects because she handles the idea of being a prophet. She handles the idea of leading and she handles the idea of being in a position of power despite having a husband. So what that leads us to believe, because we, we have to go with what the word says, what that leads us to believe is that in, in the case of a woman who's a minister and her husband is not, there's no problem there. Um, there's no, there wouldn't, I don't see any sort of biblical now. Okay. Now women aren't going to like this. If your husband, if you're married and your husband says to you, I don't want you preaching. Um, oh boy. Cause I, I, I didn't, I didn't, um, <laughs> see that would be, that would be a tough one. Um, because then you, then you're going to be asking yourself the question, okay, who am I submitting to? Am I submitting to God first? Am I submitting to my husband first? It's a hard one. And there's a whole, um, you know what? Maybe I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to teach about submission. Would you guys like to, um, yeah, Lisa, I know, I, I know what you're saying. Would you like to hear about submission? Women, women submitting to their husbands. I'd love to teach about it, uh, because I think it might actually be very relevant. Um, so anyways, I'm going to, I'm going to set that aside for now. Um, it's a big topic. So <laughs> Rick suggests that you hit him with a skillet. Some women might do that. Um, okay. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. It's a lot of study. I'm not, no promises for next week, but I'm, I'm going to see, I'm going to, I'll get to that. Cause it's, it's a huge submission might even be a bigger topic than this. I, I actually think, um, the subject, uh, Lynn, that's a good, yeah, that's a good thought. Um, I agree, Jill, Jill, you know, you, and you said kind of what, what I was thinking, then there's something, something's wrong because one of them's not hearing from God and, and what, what, you know, what I suspect might be the case in, in terms of the husband is he just doesn't want anyways, again, submission, submission to me, in my opinion, is an even a bigger subject than this. 
right? Now, so in the case of, uh, so we know that, that leadership, women for leadership, women for preaching, teaching, uh, whatever, it's not condemned because then you, you cannot explain Deborah, okay? Um, does Paul, now the second question is, does Paul define specifically what teaching is? He says, I don't permit a woman to teach. Does he define specifically what that is? Is it spiritual instruction? Because you got a woman, um, she could teach without enforcing discipline. Um, I agree, Mary. All right, there you go. I'm, I'll teach about submission. Um, because this kind of, uh, it bleeds into a lot of it, obviously. So, so can a woman, um, because let me tell you something, I'm not, I'm teaching you guys right now. I'm not disciplined. I'm not, you know, if, if, if a person, um, <laughs> cause again, you're, you're, you're talking about what, what was happening at this time in these churches. Discipline was often necessary and needed, um, very much. And, 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 it, and even in terms of, of, of evaluating prophets and prophecies. And Paul is basically saying that's up for, for men to do. But again, we're talking about delegated authority. The men could still delegate certain authorities to women. Okay. Now, um, so Paul did not, again, this is, and this is from a book of a man who wrote this book. And I could tell, I'm not sure he, I don't really even know what his stance is. He was just being as, you know, unbiased as possible. Paul did not forbid women to bring any teaching whatsoever. In other words, it was not a, uh, a forbidding of everything, that you can't do anything. That, that was not the case. But unfortunately, you read those verses and they are so strict that I completely understand why, um, why people would have that sense, men and women. And I, and I basically had a, that's what I thought. It would tie in the subject. You're right. I should have. Okay. I'll see if I can get it ready for next Monday. No promises though. Cause it's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, so, so it, 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 it unfortunately, um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. A woman would not teach the Pharisees. That is for sure. Um, you know, and, and, and it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cultural nuances that, that are, that are taking place here, but the, the sub, but again, the subject of headship authority and submission is a, is timeless across cultures because Paul, that's why Paul specifically referenced Adam and Eve because he referenced, um, he referenced specifically what was happening according to, to God, um, uh, you know, what, what happened after the fall of man, Garden of Eden, and, and, and even before the fall, you know, that woman was taken from man, that woman was created to be a helper for man. So that was, and again, I know women, you don't like it. Listen, it's not our choice. Uh, and by the way, and that's why you got to go to a good church because we go to a church where women can thrive and, and women can use their giftings. And, and you take women out of our church, it would look very different. And you know that. And so it's, it's extremely important. Listen, I, I understand we might not, well, to be like, again, I actually, I like the submission thing. I think it's, it's, it's a good thing. Um, but you know, women sometimes get a little bristled about it. Like, you know, the man, 
being created first and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know what's funny? Back in the day, women couldn't even be ushers. Now, I would argue our best ushers are probably women. <laughs> I would argue that. No, I mean, it, it, we got some great men ushers, like especially like Jim and Salvo and those guys. Uh, Rich has been doing a great job. Um, but but I, I would say that we have some some top, top uh, women ushers. They get the job done. Uh, they're not afraid. And I love that. <laughs> you know, you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, you know, and so unfortunately, the, over the years, women were forbidden from from basically doing anything and there was error in that but again if you if you understand you're very welcome if you understand headship and authority then you'll realize again like i said pastor steve delegates authority to women to preach for women to um you know be ushers do whatever they need to do it's a delegated authority we are not usurping his authority we are not overriding his authority um <laughs> john <laughs> It's true. Um, exactly. My Auntie Joe said it. We, as Christians by nature, we are submitted to God. We're submitted to the spirit. So that's why to me, to be in submission to my husband, I don't see the problem. But again, oh, this is a big subject. I will teach on it. Don't worry, because I want to finish this. So now let's talk about women ministers in the Bible. We're going to get through all of it today. Um, no, there's great. Hey, there's great men ushers. All the ushers... Our ushers have a tough job and they all do a great job um, because they're there, you know, they're, 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 they're giving their time and they're doing a great job. So, so we love everybody, but um, I just, I just know that the women ushers that we do have are very um, are great at their job. Okay. So women ministers in the Bible. So firstly, do you know, did you know, and maybe you didn't know that women were the first ones who were commissioned to proclaim that Jesus rose from the dead. Did you know that? Matthew 28, the angels gave them a command, said, go and tell them, go and tell them. In John uh, chapter 20, Jesus said it, go and tell them. So women were the first ones. And there's something about women. Women, um, of course it would have been women at the tomb, right? Because women just have, I don't know, we're, we tend to be, and I'm not saying men can't be sensitive, but women, we have different instincts and different, you know, it's different. And so women happen to be there. And women were the ones who, who were told, go tell them that Jesus rose from the dead. And that that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Because that's basically, that's sharing the gospel, isn't it? Right? So it's not like the angel said, ladies, please, um, can you go find a man? Because you're not allowed to do this. I want you to just think about that for a second. And then you're going to have the people say, well, you know, yeah, women could be missionaries. That's okay. But as long as they don't do anything in the church, you're, you're, what you're doing when you say that is you're deciding based on what you think. Okay. If you're going to say, yes, there's some ministries they can do, but not all, or, you know, it's okay. As long as women just teach Sunday school or teach other women, where is that? Where is that in the Bible? That's just you saying that. Okay, so playing the piano is okay. Oh, leading worship. They're leading, aren't they? But they could lead worship, uh, what, as long as they're at, at the piano? Like, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're, you have to be very careful with this stuff because what you're doing is you're, you're limiting people 
that have a genuine call on their life. You could you imagine the men of today with Deborah? They wouldn't even have wanted to listen to what she said. She was one of the best judges. She she just read um read read um uh, Judges chapter five when you have a chance. And there's a song um that she sang. I mean, Deborah was awesome. How would men today uh, uh, see Deborah? Guess what? God delegated an authority to Deborah. And in the same way, authority can be delegated to women now. And you have to understand that because we're talking about keeping things in order. I don't, I'm not saying to go out of order. You keep it in order. And if you keep it in order, and that's why, again, a church like ours thrives and grows and, and people are, are, are used and their giftings are used because we understand what the Bible says. Okay. So, number two, the fivefold ministry gifts are available to the entire body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me go to it. Because we're talking about ministry, right? We're talking about teaching, preaching, uh, all that stuff. So, so let's go to uh, Ephesians 4. I didn't write the verse down. Where are we here? Um, here we are. So listen to this. Listen, this is very important. Make every, verse three, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father over all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But to each one of us, not men, to each one of us, so everybody, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, He ascended on high, He led captives to His train, and gave gifts to mankind. What does He ascended mean? Except that He descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was He, listen, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness in Christ. So it's clear that the entire body of Christ has access to these five ministry gifts. Okay? And, and, and it, it's clear. He could have easily said, and again, who wrote Ephesians? It's not a trick question. Paul, the same person who wrote 1 Timothy, the same person who wrote 1 Corinthians. And he could have easily said, he's given to men. He's given to male. He's given to husbands no he says he's given to us the body of christ because it's just amazing because what happened um where did i i lost my i'm like looking at my verse here wow hang on a minute what 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 do we read what do we also read in ephesians uh, sorry, what do we read in Galatians, which was also Paul's writing? 
neither male nor female. We're all one in Christ. Therefore, we're all the body of Christ. Therefore, all the ministry gifts are available. Now, let's talk about prophets. There were a lot of or, or um, prophetesses, I suppose. Miriam was a prophetess. Deborah, of course. Huldah, who had a, read about Huldah. Look up Huldah. Quite a name. She sounds tough. Um, and what she did. And then, of course, Anna, who knew that, that Jesus was coming. I mean, the, the, these are prophecy. Prophets were the spokesmen of God. Do you understand? This, I want you to think about that for a second. That prophets were spokesmen of God. And women were, were prophetesses. Okay? That is, a, that is a big responsibility. Philip's four, he had four daughters. They were prophets and they were evangelists. Okay? Number three. Paul speaks of women in ministry in Romans 16. So there's a lot of them. So let's go through all of them. Phoebe, or I don't know if that's how you say your name. Phoebe was a deaconess. Priscilla was a pastor. You have Mary, Tryphena, Tryphosa, Persis. They were all co-workers, co-laborers in sharing the gospel. Junius was an apostle. Philippians 4 mentions Yule... Uh, these names are rough, but I'm doing my best. Euodias and... Look up Philippians 4. They were preachers. So, when scriptures are used to condemn women preachers, it's, it's not, you're, not, you're not understanding the, the, the context of the verse. Even under Old Testament law, women were permitted to make sacrifices. They were able to attend feasts. They were able to take a Nazarite vow. Women, women, again, you, you, you have to understand things. And I would say culturally, yes, but also this word that I keep using, headship and authority. And you're still going to have, after all this, after an hour of me going on and on, you're still going to have people who are dead set against it and say, no, Paul said they're not allowed. They're not allowed to teach. They're not allowed to preach. Of course, never said anything about preaching. That's just again under the liberty that people take. Because that would, that would, when you're talking about preaching, you're talking about preaching the gospel. And so that was definitely allowed for women. So you have to be careful again with that. But you know, Women, women, you find women fulfilling all five of the ministry roles in the New Testament and in the Old Testament for that matter. And prophets were probably the highest spokesmen of God. And there were plenty of women who were prophetesses. Okay, there was women deaconesses. Deacons were, were, were a very high uh, uh, standing in the church. So, again, you know, you... you I, I know that I, people will probably still not, if you, if you've decided that women cannot be ministers, nothing's going to change your mind and that's your business. Um, I'm not trying to, I, I can't try to convince people to be like, you must see things my way. I'm just telling you what the word says. I'm just explaining to you, um, the, the full context of what Paul's saying, because it, it's funny that it's like people will dive deep into context for everything else except this. This is the only thing that people are like, nope, 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 cut and dry. Women can't preach, you know. 
Um, you know, and, and discipline discipline in, in the church is not quite the same that it would have been back then. So, you, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot, again, a lot of nuance there. Um, but I hope this helped you. Um, did this help you? If this helped you, give me an amen. Because I, I, I know that, again, it's like not everybody likes... Um, in discussions about authority and stuff like that because you know we're, we're all equal in christ yes we are but god still has an order um and if god had an order it must be for a reason you could you could say i don't like it what do you want me to say i don't good i'm glad um i i i can't i can't there's nothing i could do about that so um I will be I will be teaching on submission. I think that that's a very important subject because it is going to tie into this greatly. Um, so, in answer to the question, yes, women can preach, <laughs> and I know, and some some of them are the the, the best preachers out there. So, um, good, Carol. I'm glad. I have a feeling. I have a sense, though. If you attend GNC, you probably are. Um, on the same page or else you probably wouldn't be able to attend GNC because you'd probably like get mad every second week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, agreed, Auntie Julia. They were, they were sincere followers of the Lord Jesus. That's right. You know, women, I, 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 I do what I do because I want to do the work of the Lord and I believe that I've been commissioned uh, for a specific calling. Not everybody has that calling. Um, it's, it's specific. That's why, you know, we're talking about the ministry gift. He's given some these gifts. Not everybody has them. Uh, not everybody has the, 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 um, the same call on their life. Um, but, but I do what I do for the work of the Lord. Um, yeah, people, people still have problem with female authority. I understand. Um, you know what? I, and I'm just going to say this as a woman. Um, I, I don't have a desire to be in charge of everybody. I, I don't want that responsibility because it's not my responsibility as a woman. So I, I have no desire to, to, to delegate to people or dictate to people what they do. And maybe that's just me. Um, I actually, I always say this joke, uh, to my students, uh, in, 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 in my, in my class at GNU. Um, I always say, you know, when something goes wrong, it's my husband's fault, not mine. So I'm good with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want that responsibility on my shoulders. That's not for me. Um, yeah, that's right, Carol. We're, we're called to serve. We're called to be servants. Um, it's not about, you know, telling other people what to do. It's about, you know, being servants of, of the Lord. Um, oh my gosh, he's... <laughs> I didn't realize my husband was watching me. <laughs> good timing. Good timing to come on. <laughs> um, well, Mary Ellen, sometimes it's, and I'll tell you what, sometimes it's, it is necessary because there's nobody else. Some, let me tell you, let me tell you this. Sometimes there's nobody to do it and a woman has to step up and that, and that, that's just reality. And I've seen that to be the case. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen that to be the case because it's like sometimes, you know, men, anyways, I'm not going to get into that. So. Um, I hope this helped you. Obviously, I, I think it did. So let's wrap up because I have a fun game. Um, I have a fun game. But you know what? I, I, I have to do this because I don't know who's watching. Um, and I don't know if everybody who's watching this or listening later is saved. 
and I have to give an opportunity uh, for people to be saved. So, so I want to, you know, this is everything we talk about from the word. Um, exactly, Mary Ellen. It's, it is necessary, unfortunately, because like, it's like people don't know how to step up sometimes. Um, you know, all of this is predicated, all this understanding the word, being one in Christ. Um, is it like sun reflecting on my face? It is, isn't it? That's weird. Um, anyways, sorry. See, that's why you know it's getting late. Then I'm way over time because there's sun reflecting on my face. Um, being one in Christ, um, being in the body of Christ, it's predicated on having your life come into covenant with God. It's predicated upon having accepting Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I've never done that. I've never made a decision. If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, um, I don't know about this. I don't know if, am I going to go to heaven? Am I going to go to hell? I don't know. Well, there's a way for you to be sure. So if you're not sure, pray this prayer. The Bible says that if you believe, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I want you to be saved. I want you to, all of us here, we're all going to be having fun in heaven for eternity. And I want you there with me. So pray this prayer out loud out of your mouth. Say, Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe that he died for my sins. And I believe that you, you raised him from the dead. So now I confess of all my sin and all my wrongdoing. And I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, God, that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen.